Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports Professor Riccardo inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports gets bigger and bigger. Let's get right to it because we've got a whole bunch of different sports to cover. Deal-making issues, three to one. Three. Nike files to use their Just Do It slogan in the digital world, hinting at a potential metaverse of sneakers. They're gearing up to offer branded sneakers and apparel in virtual environments. They filed a trademark application for its signature swoosh and Just Do It campaign in downloadable virtual goods, computer programs featuring footwear, clothing, headwear, eyewear, bags for use online and inline virtual worlds. Trademark seems to lay the groundwork for Nike-branded apparel in the metaverse and other digital environments. While the metaverse is receiving extra attention due to Facebook's rebrand to Meta and focus on virtual technology, Nike's been exploring digital goods for at least two years. The company's real-world goods have been affected by supply chain issues. Nike could lose up to 160 million pairs of shoes due to factory closures in Vietnam, supplying around half its shoes. But the company saw revenue rise 12% year-over-year to $12.2 billion in the fiscal quarter ending August 31. Two. Number two, Peloton continues their downward trend for the second consecutive quarter, leaving investors worried, and the connected fitness leader generated about $805 million in revenue in fiscal Q1, missing Wall Street estimates of 810 and the shares of the company have already fallen 43% this year. They also reported a net loss of $376 million compared to a net loss of $49.8 million in fiscal quarter one of 2021. Peloton expects full-year revenue to range between $4.5 billion and $4.8 billion, down from a previous target of $5.4 billion. One. Now number one, the Utah Jazz and Adidas announced a multi-year partnership extension focusing on recreational basketball and community programs with Donovan Mitchell and others, Adidas connecting youth and others to classrooms, 60,000 players, Adidas dealing with this, and Donovan Mitchell's Adidas basketball shoes, real important. A new aspect to the partnership will be a collaboration with Zions Bank in Adidas called Shoes and Backpacks. The whole idea is to get students prepared. And that's deal-making issue number one. And getting students prepared is kind of the hallmark of what we're talking about today with former United States Senator George Lemieux from Florida, chairman of the board of the Gunster Law Firm. He has been instrumental in being involved in the Florida Civics and Debate Initiative, along with the Florida Secretary or Commissioner of Education, Richard Corcoran. The City Foundation says that Debating in high school and all aspects of education increased grade points by about a half a point, and SATs about 52%, and significant graduation rates as well. The Florida group has expanded their world into a sports debate initiative 
that I've been lucky enough and honored to be involved in in all contexts. So 160,000 high school debaters all across the country will get the benefit of this Florida uh, best practices just before the National Civics and Debate Championship 2021 in Orlando in the middle of November. But clearly, the most important issue is the tie-in of sports debate, just like the spelling bee. The former U.S. Senator from Florida, George Lemieux. George is uniquely positioned, as we've said, to deal with a whole host of these issues today, sports debate, civics, political turbulence and all of that. So uh, first, the, the, some people would call it the highlight. Um, Senator, United States Senator from the state of Florida, talk about that for a little while and, and uh, reflect back on that experience. Well, thank you. It was a great experience. It was an honor and a privilege to represent what, what was then 19 million people. Now we have 22 million people in the United States Senate. I was there appointed when uh, Senator Martinez resigned, so I was a short-timer, but I had about a year and a half in the U.S. Senate and was there. An enormous privilege and a, and a great way to know Florida, understand Florida. You know, I, I love our state. I'm born and raised here in Florida and Got to go to places in Florida in, in different times of my public service and see different places, meet, meet the great people of our state, and, and then get to represent them in Washington. It was a real honor. And as a former senator, it's an incredibly exclusive, amazingly credible club, and you have the opportunity to uh, inspire a platform and wield some significant influence. So we'll, talk, we'll spend some time talking about, about that. The transition to... Gunster, the chairman of the board, uh, a lawyer by training, by trade, and now you have the ability to um, not only implement some really positive things, but also to uh, to run a, uh, a wonderful law practice as well. Well, I'm very fortunate, and Gunster is really committed and has always been to being involved in the communities that we serve. So my focus on debate, my focus on my public policy center at Palm Beach Atlantic, those are things that Gunster really supports, and, and they don't just support those efforts for me. They support it for all of our lawyers. Uh, we're really committed to Florida. We have about 220 lawyers in Florida. We're only in Florida. We care about Florida. So serving the community is really part of the Gunster fabric. Well, George, this next set of questions is really for uh, – it is an international audience, and, and uh, uh, we first kind of made a link – back when we did a segment with the executive director of the Scripps Spelling Bee the day that ESPN2 covered it live as a full-contact sport up at Disney World, and the whole idea of debate as a very important component of life, as well as a sports piece we want to spend a little bit of time on. Um, First of all, how important was debate to you? I know the story, but tell people. Well, Rick, it was transformative to me. I was not a really good student. I had a ninth-grade English teacher by the name of Mrs. Gersberg at Coral Springs High School here in Broward County, Florida, who saw me and thought there was some potential in there when other folks didn't see that potential. And starting a new debate club at the high school, you know, I found my niche. It was it was my type of sports. It was academic competition. And the thing that you and I both know from being debaters is that it has a magical effect upon students. It creates self-confidence an ability to communicate clearly, and then most importantly, I think, critical reasoning skills. You know, it's one thing to sit in a classroom and have a teacher teach to you and you, you know, report it back in a paper or a test. It's quite another to have to stand up and defend your ideas, think on the fly, 
respond in real time. And those attributes uh, are compelling. And what we know about debate is that if you are committed to debate as a student, 97% of those kids graduate high school, 95% go to college, and that's regardless of socioeconomic background. So there's really nothing like it. Uh, I'm a big believer in all sorts of academic competitiveness, whether it's Brain Bowl or you know, robots that are designed to compete with each other, whatever it is, when kids are doing those things, they're learning. They don't even know they're learning. They're just doing, they're competing and having fun. We need more of that in our school systems. And we also have seen numbers, and you mentioned a lot of the top ones. Houston did a study through its independent school district uh, with over 1,100 students and talked about a debater advantage of 52 points on their SATs and a advantage of uh, a half a point on their GPAs. That's not insignificant. And when you take a look at what the state of Florida had done with the Civics and Debate Initiative, with help from the Marcus Foundation, a systematic support for debate generally to create a pipeline for post-secondary institutions and to create national debate champions, minority students, and high-achieving students, um, that's directly from the mandate. So it's not just a conversation, but the state has taken a really significant initiative in this area. They really have, and Governor DeSantis and Commissioner Richard Corcoran deserve a lot of credit, and also thank you to the Marcus Foundation and Bernie Marcus for their support and the work that you're doing, frankly, Rick, to help promote this around the state. Uh, We have the biggest debate program in the country here in Broward County, and Florida should have that same level of program, you know, in all 67 of our counties across the state because we know what it does for our kids. So uh, I'm, I'm really thankful to you and Richard and the governor for, you know, leading this effort so that we can spread this good work across the state of Florida. Well, here's the important link, too. There are about 160,000, according to the National Speech and Debate Association, students in high school who have already gotten it. And, and frankly, when you look at your amazing speaking for the future event you held last week in Lauderdale. It's not just high school. It's junior high. It's elementary school, which I was that articulate uh, today, let alone when I was 13. But this is a program that we're trying to take the next step on to let sports um, help make debate cooler and let debate have sports be more diverse and expand, and according to the mandate, again, increase the number of interested students, expand the core of business support for the programs, and promote increased awareness for debate in general. That's kind of the mandate we put together as we expand it. So the idea of linking debate and sports kind of like what the spelling bee has done to make that cool, I assume you are you know, significantly supportive of that, and it seems like it's a great idea nationally, not just in Florida. I think it is a great idea. We need to find whatever hooks we can to get kids involved. And it seems like all kids, uh, especially young men, love sports. So the idea of debating, you know, who's better, Jordan or LeBron, or, you know, pick your favorite quarterbacks or whatever position, whatever sport, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, again, we'll get these kids in there debating. They'll be critically thinking, and they won't even know they're doing it. So it's, uh, I think it's a fantastic hook in the, into debate, and then that'll, that'll bring them in. And they'll be, after that, they'll be debating you know, more traditional topics. But sports is a great hook to get them in to start with. You know, and Senator, the interesting thing is the National Civics and Debate Championship, this, the timing of this is really important because for the first time ever, there is sports extemp speaking and sports debate on the docket in Orlando this weekend. And 
it is an interesting concept because these kids, and I've seen them practice, it's not just, well, I like the uniform number or he's won these Super Bowls. You've got to really bring it. You've got to bring stats. You've got to bring elements of argument to the table. And as you said, they're practicing critical thought without even knowing it, which I think is part of the genius. It really is, and I appreciate your leadership on this. Uh, you know, kids, it, it, it's not as important about what they debate as is important that they do debate. And, w- and when they are doing that and standing up and bringing those statistics, you know, I have three boys and a daughter, and my two uh, middle boys especially debate all the time about sports. And they're always talking about this player versus the other. They're comparing whether, well, you know, he's great, but look at the team that he's on. Look at this other player who doesn't have the same team. You know, th- those are those other factors, those intangibles that, you know, I know my kids, my boys are thinking at the next level. And if we can bring this into, you know, disadvantaged communities and bring people who don't normally think about debate as something they want to do, we're going to have great success. In Broward, we've expanded debate, as you mentioned. It's not only in every high school. It's not only in every middle school. It's in 100 elementary schools. And then we're doing debate in, you know, second chance high schools. We're doing debate in even in juvenile detention, believe it or not. One year we had two uh, debaters from juvenile detention debate two of the top-ranked public school, high school policy team debaters in the county during our Speak for the Future lunch, which you attended this past week. And people were amazed at how good they were, and some thought they beat the championship team. So uh, these are tremendous experiences for these kids, and it's really a ladder up. And that's what we have to do in the society is provide ladders up for people so that everyone can succeed. And the, the, the perfect storm linkage, I think, is one of the things that we put in our mission statement as well. Uh, and I'm going to quote again, these new sports debaters will learn to disagree forcefully without being disagreeable, to accept the validity of viewpoints and to process and assess the constant and competing opinions of one of America's favorite things to debate. You know, the beauty of sports is we can throw things at each other during a game, but we're going to hug it out after. And you kind of wish... And I know this is your unique world that uh, from the top down, uh, people could uh, do the same kind of thing with political discourse. Maybe, maybe it rubs off on each other. What do you What do you think? Well, that's that's the great hope. You know, besides the improvement uh, of of students, their learning, their critical thinking skills. The other goal here is to promote civil discourse. And you know, being a debater, what this means is that. Every time you debate something, you have to debate both sides. You know, you go to a tournament and, and you have to be prepared to debate the affirmative and the negative. And what that does is it teaches you that there's valid arguments on both sides and it gives you respect for people of different views. And boy, do we need that in America today. Uh, so many Americans are in their own sort of silo of ideas and they don't want to hear from the other side and they view the other side as as an enemy, we need everyone to realize that there are good and valid points on both sides. You don't have to agree with them, but you have to agree and respect the validity of other people's opinions. And if we could do that in this country, that would bring us back a long way towards, you know, building that more perfect union that we're all hoping to do. Because right now, we are as divided as I've seen in my lifetime. And I think that speech and debate can really help people understand that there's validity on both sides of the argument. Maybe sports help speech and debate understand that as well. It is absolutely synergistic. The other piece of this, too, is your ability to reach um, a, a practical next step to this kind of discussion, looking at your sponsor list for this huge lunch you put together 
last week and raised nearly 200 grand, even more than that. Uh, you have the support of most of, if not all of, the big law firms in town, the big accounting firms in the region, the National Speech and Debate Association, and on and on. And so this is an ability not only because if if you ask, somebody is interested in responding positively, but this trains good people. This produces good citizens. If they're sports-minded, it's important to get into the sports business from my perspective as well, but it's so much more, isn't it? It absolutely is. And you would say, well, why is Amazon supporting us? Why are Cleveland Clinic, Broward Health, and Joe DiMaggio, who are in the healthcare business, or BB&T, who's a bank, or JM Family Enterprises that sells cars, why would they be interested in supporting debate? And the answer is exactly what you said, is that these, this is training you know, young, young people to become professionals who can work in any business, because what do you need to do to work in a business? You need to be able to have critical thinking. You need to be able to stand up and present. You need to be able to communicate clearly. So uh, everybody is really seeing the value of debate and what you're doing with promoting it in sports, I think, broadens it. It brings more people into it. Uh, we're going to have kids who never thought about debate before, and we're going to be training them for the workforce, which ultimately is one of the key goals of education is preparing people to enter the workforce, being able to make a wage that they can support themselves and support their families. I think finally in this context, it's an amazing public-private kickstart partnership that Commissioner Corcoran uh, allocated uh, dollars, caused them to be allocated through the Marcus Foundation, and then the general debate initiative spawned off this, uh, uh, spun off this uh, sports piece that I'm uh, happy to be involved in. And what it also does, I think, is gives people the opportunity to generate some corporate support with some people that otherwise might not be interested in debate. We all know that we have kids who are debaters, and uh, that's a way to catch them. But if there is an opportunity to sell sports in a sponsorship presentation, it may mean more money for this entire world. We've gotten into this debate about are these extracurricular programs worth it? Are they get cut? Of course they're worth it. But then how do you continue to fund it? Maybe this is part of the solution. I think that's right. And, you know, I'm hoping, and I know you're working on this, that our professional sports teams are going to, you know, want to help us with this, that it's going to provide them with uh, an access to to talent to work in their professional organizations. And, you know, I know that the, the sports teams and the leagues want diversity and they want to promote diversity. And this is a great way for us to reach out and help people of, of all walks of life, you know, improve their kids' education. So uh, I'm hoping there's going to be more support for it. We do need this, this money, the money that we raise here in Broward County. You know, these kids, uh, some of them don't have clothes to wear to a debate tournament. We get clothes donated for them. It might be the first blazer or, or nice dress that they've ever had. We then provide funding for them to go to debate tournaments here in state, some out of state, for the travel, for the hotel, for the food. Uh, you know, we're, we're giving ladders up. So getting the business community in, involved, getting sports organizations, sports teams, leagues involved, I think it's only going to help more and more kids. Senator George Lemieux has some very specific perspective on all of this and very excited that I'm involved as well. It's an important sport and, frankly, a sport that might have more benefits down the road than other ones as well. Let's talk the top tech minute. 
Sandbox VR provided a virtual reality social gaming experiences designed to provide a full-on VR experience. They just received nearly $100 million in funding in a round led by the SoftBank Vision Fund 2. NFTs uh, are now growing because of this fund, another sign of how hot NFTs are. But the Sandbox is the first investment into crypto assets by SoftBank, through though SoftBank also invested $680 million in Sorari, the Paris-banked NFT fantasy soccer maker, with 30 employees. The company will use money to hire people, develop more creative tools for players, add multiplayer, expand the number of intellectual properties and brands that are part of the sandbox, grow user acquisition, and build better infrastructure. All really positive stuff as far as tech and crypto are concerned. Finally, the Good Sports 5, which we do on a regular basis, especially during the pandemic and now more than ever. The NHL streamlining their social media publishing as they partner with Greenfly, expecting to put out content of all kinds. Kitman Labs raises $53 million to grow athlete analytics. They expect a 900% data increase, much of that as well as far as spending habits and what kinds of things we can do from a philanthropic perspective as well. Example of TNT and NBA Twitter Live, live look-in to accompany TNT broadcasts, which will show top stories on and off the court. Very important. And then finally, we've already talked about the Utah Jazz program with Adidas, which will be a big hit in schools as well as athletes aspiring to not only succeed on the court, but succeed in life. Well, that's our show for this week. We would like to thank former Florida U.S. Senator George Lemieux for his leadership and vision, and also talking about debate and sports debate as an important component. We also thank those who put the show together, and thank you all for listening and watching. And join us next week when we yet again go further inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'm Ricardo, the sports professor. Speak with you soon.